good morning everybody today's sunday um may sunday um may 7th 2023 today podcast is about um our country not only yes specifically the country i'm living right now i live in the u.s and the title of my podcast today is uh, a plea for a rescue or is that a real country when i say is that a real country like a country you cannot really taking care of your citizens every day even today today may 7th the mass shootings at the mall in texas everywhere in the country if you google it they get so much problem with homelessness with racial injustice racial discrimination on and on every day and endless endless problem but with no solution i'm not about to talk me i'm very solution oriented i like solving problem my mindset is to assume you recognize the problem you fix it that's my my goal but you see a country go downhill by faster by gun shooting by racial tension by job joblessness homelessness all the issues that a country who's so capable of fixing are not able to do it today um podcast um is about that so the first since i told you i like solution but one solution is more oriented on mental should be mental how people or not only mental but a little bit more spiritual so we're gonna go way 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 back in the old testament also old time and ancient time i can say ancient time where people usually when they have so much problem in their society and the community in the country most are um resolved to war or to move from place to place for better for better outcome and those are and some of them cry to god for spiritual health and spiritual understanding and for for rescue for to be rescued by what by the problem by the human problem okay that's why i'm gonna start today by a psalm if the psalm is a book if you're listening to me um If you listen to me um from all over the world you probably have family some of you in that family are with the books of the Bible one of the books of the Bible talking psalm with the psalm 
Um, let me give you a timeline with the story of the psalm. The book of Psalm consists, since I'm going to use one for my little, my introduction, I'm going to use um a chapter, one of the verse from the, from the Bible. It's um, Psalm 69, Psalm 69. So I'm gonna give you a background about this book. I'm where I'm gonna get that part of the chapter to read for you guys. Um, Psalm is a. Let me give you a little timeline about what Psalm is. It, the book of Psalm consists of many different hymns and prayers, like composed by individual or used by the community. Taking taking the names in the title as author. The date of composition range from the time of Moses, 15th century BC, to a time following the exile, 6th century BC or later. Some of the title contain historical information that might indicate the setting of the psalm, although even this, like authorship, is subject to interpretation. Since the book of Psalm contains a variety of psalms written over a long time, there are there is no one author for the collection, but by far the most common designation in the title of uh, David, which likely referred to King David, David's role as a musician and soul court, as well as his experiences as a shepherd, soldier, and a king make him a likely candidate for writing many of the psalms. Other titles include the designation of Solomon. And also, the purpose of these books is the full range of human emotion shown in this rich collection of 150 psalms. These record of the responses of God's people in worship and prayer serve the purpose of teaching us how to relate to God and variety various circumstances of life the psalm also demonstrates god's sovereignty and goodness to his people in order to instill confidence on those who trust in him um the psalm are deeply relation relational they give us a window into the who god is high acts and how he, his people respond. The struggle to understand how God's attributes, particularly his sovereignty and goodness, relate to a life experience in a major theme throughout Psalm. These words are from people who had not lost their faith in God, although they might have been tempted to a time like us, they wrestled with God, how God was dealing with them personally and as a community. A plea for rescue. Save me, God. For, for the water has risen to my neck. I have sunk in deep mud. And there is no footing 
have come into the deep water and the flood swept over me. I am weary from my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fell looking for my God. Those who hate me without cause are more numerous than the hair of my head. My deceitful enemy who would destroy me are powerful. Though I did not steal, I must repay. God, you know my foolishness and my guilty acts are not hidden from you. Do not let those who put their hope in you be disgraced because of me. Lord God of armies, do not let those who seek you who seek you be hum be humiliated because of me, God of Israel. For I have endured insult because of you, and shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brother and a foreigner to my mother's sons because the zeal for your house has consumed me and the insult of those who insult you has fallen on me. I mourn and fasted, but it brought me insult. I washed sackcloth as my clothing and I was a jerk to them. Those sitting in that city gates talk about me and drink hard, make up songs about me. But as for me, Lord, my prayers to you is for a time of favor. In your abundant faithful love, God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mirror, mud, and let me sink. Let me be rescued from those who hate me and from the deep water. Don't let the flood, flood water sweep over me. And the deep shallow me up. Don't let the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, for your faithful love is good. In keeping with your abundant compassion, turn to me. Don't hide your face from your servants, for I am in distress. And swear me quickly. Come near to me and redeem me. Ransom me because of my enemy. You know, the insult I endure, my shame and disgrace. You are aware of all my adversary, and so have broken my heart, and I am in despair, waiting for sympathy. But there was, there was none for comforters, but found no one. Instead, they gave me a gall for my food and my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. Let the table set before me them to be a snare and let be a trap for their allies. Let, her, let the eyes grow too dim to see and let the hips continually quake. Pour your rage on them and let your burning anger overtake them. Make their fortification desolate. May no one live in their tents. 
for they perceive the one you struck and talk about the pain of those you wounded. Charge them with the crime on the top crimes. Don't let them share in their righteousness. Let them be erased from the book of life and not be recorded with their righteousness. But as for me, poor in the pain, let your salvation protect me. God, I will praise God's name with song and exalt him with thanksgiving that will please the Lord more than an ox, the more than bull with horns and hoofs. The humble will see it and rejoice. You who seek God, take heart, for the Lord listens to the needy and does not despise his own war prisoner. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the sea and everything that moves in them, for God will save Zion and build up the city of Judah. They will live there and possess it. The descendants of his servants will inherit it, and those who love his name will live in it. So what is a psalmic lament? The psalm can be arranged into two um, too many different categories like there are some of praise some that recount history some of trust in the lord and some of lament um lamentation and to to name a few some of a lament can be both individual of collective um acknowledging our pain while showing us there is hope in god psalm 71 is a textbook example of a psalm um psalmic lament notice how the structure of the psalm gives space for complaint and petition, but the majority of the lament focus on God's goodness and faithfulness. Let me, oh, okay, let's check what um, Psalm 71 probably say. Invocation. First of all, the, the use of the word psalm is the pro, no, I can say the purpose of it is first of all is invocation. Invocation um, is addressing God, express a first person cry for help, or remember God's past intervention. Like if we like read like Psalm 71 said, Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. In your justice, rescue and deliver me. Listen close to me and save me. Be a rock of refuge for me, where I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. For my work and my fortress. And also, um, 
the psalm, the book is also a book uh, you can complain to God. Like um, you can complain about your state of your country, for example. Like complain, describe a specific problem, or convey an emotional response to the problem, acknowledge the sins. So deliver me, my God, from the power of weakness. From the grabs of the unjust and oppressive. And also, the psalm can be affirmation of trust. For example, you can express confidence in God, confess his willingness to repent, use phrases like, but has for me, or nevertheless. Uh, I'll give you a simple example For you are my hope, Lord, my confidence. From my, from my youth, I have learned. Uh, I've leaned on you from birth. You took me from my mother's womb. My praise is always about you. I'm like a miraculous sign to many, and you are my strong refuge. My mouth is full of praise and honor to you all day long. All day long, and also that book also can be a petition, for like a appeal for deliverance or intervention. Express why why God should intervene, or use word like save or deliver. Don't don't this for example. If you go to Psalm seventy one, it, it gives you uh, an example. Don't discard me in my old age. Has my strength failed? Do not abandon me. For my enemy talk about me. And those who spy on me plot together, saying God has abandoned him. Chase him and catch him. For there is no one to rescue him. God, do not be far from me. My God, hard to help me. May my adversary be disgraced and destroyed. May those who intend to harm me be covered with disgrace and humiliation. And humiliation. Monday. Remember, uh, we we were talking about what is a psalmic lamentation, and the purpose um the psalm can be arranged into many different categories. Like um, there are some of praise, some that recount history. Some of trust in the Lord and some of lament. To name a few, some of lament can be both like individual and collective. 
acknowledging our pain while showing us there's there's hope. There's hope in God. Psalm 71 is a textbook example of a psalmic um, lament. Notice how the structure of the psalm and gives space for complaint and um, petition, but the majority of the lament focuses on God's goodness and um, faithfulness. We were talking about the evocation, complaint, and affirmation of, of trust and petition. But now we're going to talk about statement of confidence. But will I hope continue? But will I hope continually? Statement of confidence expresses certainly certainty that God will hear you. Remember that God seeks restoration and wholeness. Use words like hope. And uh, praise, praise. Finally, a valve of praise. Plan, like you can explain that, like a plan to witness God's intervention, recognizing that God also laments. Vow to testify of God's goodness and worship Him. We can finish with um, Proverbs 71 Psalm. Like, I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell the righteousness and your salvation all day long. Though I cannot sum them up, I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord good, Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, you, yours alone. God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still proclaim your wondrous works. Even while I am old and gray, God, do not abandon me. While I proclaim your power to another generation your strength to all who are come to your righteousness which the heights God you who have done great things God who's like you you caused me to experience many trouble and misfortunes but you will revive me again you'll bring me up again even from the death of the earth, you will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Therefore, I will praise you with a harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you with lure, only one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you because you have redeemed me. Therefore, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness all day long for those who intend to harm me will be disgraced a confounded
while I proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come, your righteousness reach the heights, God, you who have done great things, God who is like you. It caused me to experience many trouble and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again, even from the depth of the earth. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Therefore, I praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you with the Lord, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you because you have redeemed me. Therefore, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness all day long. But those who intend to harm me will be disgraced and confounded. Since we're talking about um, a plea for rescue, that was the 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 context I used the the storm lamentation is for people when they're in trouble, when our system fell, when the human system fell, when our governments fell, the governors failing our people. Most of the time, in ancient time, people usually call on God for for deliverance, for for hope. And that's the state of our country today. You know, you watch the news; uh, it's no end. Like people go crazy, crazy, crazy. One of the one of their one of the issue of our country is a um, is an issue of wealth, as you may know. That affects you every day. Could we end wealth? Like billionaires are just one symptom of our upside down economic system. In 2019, 2019, US. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made and headlines at the MLK conference when Tanahasi quotes uh, asked whether the world is the world is moral when it's allowed billionaire to exist. She answered, "No, it's not." She explained that while she doesn't necessarily think individual billionaires are immoral, I think it is wrong that a vast majority of the country does not make a living wage. I think it's wrong that you can work 100 hours and not feed your kids. I think it's wrong that corporations like Walmart and Amazon can get paid they can get paid by the government essentially experience a wealth transfer from the public for paying people less 
than a minimum wage it's not only doesn't make economic sense it doesn't make moral sense and it doesn't make societal sense many politician activists and commentator have voiced similar sentiments that no one should have a billion dollars yet there are now nearly 100 billionaires in the United States alone according to the visual capitalists with a combined net worth of more than four trillions dollars when the COVID-19 pandemic triggered a global recession the richest Americans saw the wealth increase by 40% at the same time as the Ocasio Cortez and other have pointed out that 37.9 million people in the US live below the poverty lines so researcher estimates that at least 20 million at least 20 millions 27 million people earn less than 30,000 a year or about 14 14 dollars 42 per hour for full-time work the mean minimum amount a single adult with no dependents needs to afford food rent in the average size city and the federal minimum wage hasn't been raised since 2009 even then only a paltry like 70.5 per hour one of the world's largest companies and both revenue and employees for example Walmart pay thousands of workers so little that they need to food stamps to buy groceries food at the same store they works in by the way this is this is a this is a, this is a, a article by Chris winners from the magazine um yes the spring 2023 the, the name is a uh, yes magazine okay billionaire are byproducts of an upside-down economic system wealth inequality is often sent as a problem that can be solved by spreading wealth more equally but that solution bypassed the central problem of what um, what um, wealth as opposed to income or just lots of money in the bank really means in in the in a consumer capitalist society in such a society wealth is not only the 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 accumulation of economic power but it is also a marker of importance and status and privilege it identifies the alpha dog in the park and gives that dog freedom to to do things even abusive illegal or illegal or violent things that would not be tolerated from anyone less wealthy our modern conception of wealth insists that wealth corresponds to moral wealth worth it concepts at odds with any society that believes all people are created equal 
inequality isn't the root of the problem in this case it's just a symptom of real problems wealth wealth and all the privileges and power attached to it so let's put an end to it housing is the foundation there are several ways of eradicating system that allow wealth to concentrate in the hands of fewer people attempts to stimulate economic growth often though through the tax code but also the direct investment by the government usually um benefits just the top 10% of household income say the drake ashanti muhammad the chief of membership policy and equity of the national community reinvestment coalition and an association of more than 600 600 community organizations working to increase the flow of private capital into traditional underserved communities housing is where most middle class american begin to build their financial security even if it is doesn't lead directly to wealth but the escalating isca is the leading cause of housing also prevents low income people from rising out of poverty mechanisms that builds the post war middle class like um the massive construction of affordable and public housing in urban area were initially reserved for white workers the large scales of movements of black american into that housing also correspond to disinvestments in its maintenance and upkeep which further increase the racial wealth gap in america public housing was a positive step and mixture of racism and economic marginalization made those places all those ghetto say ashanti mohammed but they don't have to be ghetto um upgrading affordable housing and closing the gap between the need for housing and the uh, available supply would, would require a massive government investment in urban and suburban area rent subsidies and the form of voucher currently the most effective tool we have um we have to help the low income americans pay for housing are only available to 24% of the household that needs them according to center of budgets and policy priorities the the 2020 2022 budget approved by congress would find just 25% of new rental voucher according to national low income housing coalition that's a fraction of what needed to bridge the affordable housing gap 53 5.3 million of US households received federal support including through vouchers section 8 project based assistance or public housing but an estimated 60 million low income households who need aid can receive it because funding isn't available and that doesn't even begin to address 
the lack of physical housing. The Urban Institute has estimated there are just 29 adequate and affordable housing units available for every 100 family that needs one. Yes, needs one. Remember, foundations are sitting on the approximately 1.2 trillion in assets and federal law only required to pay out 5% of their endowment each year and a rate that hasn't increased since it was enacted in 1976. So taxes, taxes back, almost no economic reform program camped without incorporating more progressive income tax. Ocasio Cortez has advocated for a top marginal tax rate up to 70% on families earning more than $10 million per year. The current rate on the top owner earners for 2020 is 30%, 37% for nearly two decades, decade following World War II in period corresponding to the U.S. greatest economy expansion to the top marginal rate was above 80% and often higher than 90%. The top rate didn't dip below 70% until 1981 when the Reagan administration suggested using tax cuts for wealthy to spur economic growth. Today, after 40 years of these policies, there is no evidence they work. So raising income taxes on wealthy will only go so far. However, a 70% top marginal rate that kicks, kicks in in the 10,000 10, times or 10 million some dollar would only net worth of $720 billion, $720 billion over a decade according to Washington Post analysis. That because wealthy Americans derive most of their wealth from investment return, aka capital gains, interest, and dividends, not from salaries, and investment income is taxed at a much lower rate than income is. And but a radical hike in income tax combined with other measures, such as a reforming listed tax. Raising, cap raising, raising capital gains tax rate and imposing an European style wealth tax could raise up $3 trillion over a decade, um, according to the post analysis. That amounts $300 billion per year, only amounts to about 4.8% of what the US government spent on in 2022. How that money is allotted would determine how much it affects the nation's wealth gap. But given the messy manner in which law are enacted, it's likely that only a fraction of that amount would re realistically be available.
reforming reforming charity charitable foundation are in enormous repository of wealth in the US in particularly the foundation whose whose initial endowment originated in a big family fortunes the Rockefeller Ford and Gates's for example foundation distribute 90 0.9 billion in donation in 2021, according to Given USA, often to causes that support the poorest of Americans. But Given is loudly taught on corporate public relations missives by major foundations, by wealthy individuals, and sometimes by the recipients themselves, but foundations also are sitting on approximately one trillion in assets and uh, federal law only require the payout 5% of their endowment each year a rate that hasn't increased since it was enacted in 1976 donor advised funds a newer form of philanthropic endeavor aren't required to pay out anything and they held an additional one point 159.8 billion in assets in 2020. The fact that you could start a foundation or start a donor advised fund and those dollars gets the tax benefits of doing that and those resources potentially never see the lights of the day or have any public benefits to me is ridiculous says Edgar Villanueva founder of the colonizing wealth project on top of that philanthropic endowment are often invested in the same economic structure and a corporation that created the social problems that philanthropy is intended to address Villanueva and others have pointed out the facts that this largely white sector often supported well-known charities which with established connection to philanthropy instead of nonprofits led by black indigenous or other people of color working in those communities that created a lopsided system in which Nonprofits gear th their operation around the needs of wealthy founder, and rather than needs of a community, we have created a system that allow for such a massive concentration of wealth and resources to individuals, while at the same time, on the funding infrastructure, social infrastructure, and social safety for working class low-income people Ashanti Mohammed says so then people are just begging to get a Bill Gates grant when honestly in the scheme of things even Bill Gates or Elon Musk doesn't have the money to do what is needed to address these massive social issues the decolonizing the decolonizing wealth projects reparative philanthropy framework which Villanova outlined in his book The Colonizing Wealth 
indigenous wisdom to heal divides and um restore balance involve using money as a tool for healing so that philanthropy doesn't perpetrate expo exploitative system we have to be honest and um transparent around what has transpired how wealth has been built in in this country he says uh, the facts that we have a scarcity mindset is a byproduct of the history of colonization or the history of how wealth has been accumulated where so many of us have internalized not having enough philanthropy was set up not as a purely altruistic endeavor Villanova says, but one driving by wealthy industrialists giving themselves an image maker. And US tax policy reward that behavior. Not only are you becoming wealthier, your reputation is boosted as a person who is charitable, who is doing good in the world. He adds, Bill Gates famously declared in 2012 that he was going to give away all his wealth through his foundation and the decade later is nearly twice as rich as he was back then. That's why the example of my Kansas cop who has given away 14 billion dollars to more than 1600 nonprofit organizations since 2019 in no strings attached grants and it's an outlier. Scott, the ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, had has largely stayed out of the spotlight and eschewed the traditional application-based model of grant-making. Her initiative, Heal Given, plans an open-call type of application process in future, and Villanueva appreciated her hands-off approach. I think she she's she's changing the game and probably making love making love billionaire uncomfortable, he says. But even she has the fast how she's giving her money away. It just keeping accumulating. Returning the common wealth to the comments comments. Um ending the destructive effects of wealth on society require interrupting the processes that start its accrual. The first things white settler did once they arrived in America was claim ownership of the land. Despite many indigenous society believed that the land was a common charge, there's a fair amount of what we call wealth that is the common extracted and privatize, privatize and buy individuals, say Chuck Collins, director of programs on inequality and the common good as the Institute for Policy Study. And Ukraine had a concept of their commons, but by the time colonization of America began, it had been shrinking relative to private land ownership. By the 20th century, the common had largely disappeared. 
and other points land ownership and inheritance had become powerful engines of wealth accumulation and consolidation of family dynasties after the sleuthing of the ecological commons created early fortune the wealth protected their gains by eliminating um, competition and ensuring th their business receive favorable treatment from the government and they ensured the wealth could be passed along the heirs but the compounding effects of dynastic wealth were known even then in 1891 the progressive economist Richard T. Eli noted that reforming inheritance law was one of the three key policies that would have the greatest positive effects on the society. If we're going to talk about reducing wealth inequality, not only do we want to tax and redistribute, but we also want to prevent discourage or tax the initial extraction cotton says only now um in the 21st century are movements gaining some traction in returning land to its original steward the land back movement has grown in usa and canada with native tribes fighting to place more land in trust for reservations and in some places such as a northern california even receiving their historical land back currencies indigenous form of collective land stewardship has a promising model model or model for interrupting the amassing of wealth and redistributing it to those from who it was originally taken Another form of collective ownership growing in popularity are community land trusts and were removing housing from the speculative market. It seen as a way of preserving both affordability and communities. In response to various reparative approaches, some among um, the super rich have simply hidden their wealth from taxing authorities. In 2021, ProPublica used leaked IRS data to reveal that half of the 100 richest people in the US were using the trust system to keep the wealth out of rich. It's not a slideshow, slideshows, it's the main stage, Conan says. We, we know how little money the state tax raise now, and it's sort of a laughable half horse and almost voluntary it is. The federal government brought about 15.6 billion in state taxes in 2019, according to the Tax Policy Center. State and local government brought another 5.5 billion 5.4 billion dollars in 2019 according to the urban institutes but if you think about how much wealth transfer from one generation to to the next to the next um 
among that super wealthy group last year 2021 it's probably more than 1 trillion colin says so it's a capture capturing just a tiny minuscule silver if we usually go into upset the accumulation and concentration of wealth in a fewer and fewer hands the people will need to find ways to capture a larger piece of that pie just the facts wealth inequality has skyrocketed in the recent years there are now nearly 1,000 billionaire in the US alone the wealthiest American have never been richer by poor and working-class American have see the income stagnate and fall radical government intervention in the economy of redistribution wealth could help bridge the gap here is several policy that could bring a much needed fusion of cash into the public co um, coffer. Um, in European style tax on overall wealth on the top 1% would net about 3 trillion over a decade. Raising capital gains taxes currently cap at 20% could raise anywhere from 1 1049.9 billion to up to 1.7 trillion over 10 years reverting this the tax to 1982 level when the top rate was 65% and the exemption level was just for 520,000 would collect amount about 169 billions per year or 1.7 trillion over the kids imposing 7 percent top marginal income tax rate um those earning more than 10 million could bring in like 720 billion in over 10 years u.s government expenditure by categories in 2022 social security in 1.2 trillion health 914 billion income security 865 billion national defense 767 billion medicare 755 billion education and social services 677 billion 677 billion net net interest and 475 billion Veterans benefits and services, 274 billions. Transportation, 132 billions. General government, 129 billions. Other excessive, 5 billions. Solution. So, 
it is it is um a book by the sum of some of us the best of the new york times by what racism costs everyone and how we can prosper together either mcgee is a book from her um, he debated a lot of issues about how um racism hurting everybody um he said she wrote on my journey across the u.s from california mississippi to maine um to maine um talion the coast of racism has led her to discovery about how we can prosper together the first is that we have reached the productive and moral limits you know, of the so zero-sum economic model that um, was crafted in the cradle of the uh, United States. We have no choices but to start aiming for solidarity dividend. The the second is that the quickest way to get there is to refill the pool of public goods for everyone. When our nation ha- had generous public benefits, they were the springboard for thriving middle class, but they were narrowly designed to serve white and soon to be white Americans. Third, because of that, our people are not all standing at the same death today so we must resist the the temptation to use universal instruments to attain universal ends when when it comes to designing solution one size has never fit all everywhere um, that I found where white people paying the spillover cause of the racism also found that um, Without exception, their co-workers and neighbors of color were paying even more in lost wealth, health, and often lives. Getting white support to address those different levels of needs and to, to acknowledge the racism that caused those differences is never easy, particularly when the zero-sum mental model turns every concession into a threat of lust. That's why an upholding of the zero-sum is so essential has is embedding in its place the value that I found radiating out of the people who had the biggest impact on me and the community the knowledge that we truly do need each other. Um, the fifth and the final discovery is that we get to get on the same page before we can turn in. We're trying to do it yourself approach to writing the racial narrative about American but the forces selling Daniel the now ignorance and projection have succeeded in robbing us of our own shared history. Both the pain and 
the resilience it's time to tell the truth and with the nationwide process that enroll all of us in the setting the facts straight so that we can move forward with a new story together what we get um not just um isn't working when the rules the rules of the game allow a small minority of participants to capture most of the gains of a certain point for example when the entire middle class owns um less than the wealthiest one percent of american fewer people can play at all and extreme inequality rob too many people of the means um to start businesses invest in the family and, and invent new ideas and solution and then it's it is it isn't a problem just for those family. Ultimately, having millions of people with potential on the sidelines because they have too much debt and not enough opportunity and saps the, the vitality of the entire economy. And there's a growing body of literature that shows that inequality itself impedes on countries economic um, growth even more than the fact to policy makers have emphasized in the past liberalized liberalizing trade policies and controlling inflation and reducing national debt and america racial inequality is not only the most extreme manifestation of our inequality is but also the template setting and scaffolding of hierarchy that increasingly few people of anyways can climb the proto- the protocrats have always known that solidarity is a uh, is the answer that the sum of us can accomplish far more than just some of us some some of us that's why the forces seeking to keep the economic rules exactly as they are aimed to cut it off any sense of empathy white people who are struggling might develop for also struggling people of color they punching down political attacks on how we know that um, empathy is strength bridget from the kansas city fight for 15 dollars discovered the power of solidarity in a basement organizing meeting when she saw her her own life reflected in that of a latina fast food worker until then not only had bridget bought into a dehumanizing narrative about people like the women who spoke that night black people like terence she's also brought about the idea that her own labor would never be worth 15 an hour that's something about the mentality of the grading others the grading others in your same position that can make you honorable to see a better life for yourself either when you believe the dominant story the dominant story that you you are on your own responsible for all your own success and failure and yet you're still being paid 7.5 7.25 an hour what does that 
say about your own worth. The problem with the easy outs that um, the right wings offers scapegoating immigrants and people of color instead of is that the scapegoats aren't actually the ones paying you poverty wages. As many friends, Judge Gold, head of People's Action, a grassroots network that organized um, in rural America, say we have found the, the enemy. It's not each other. We just in turns found that the redirecting the blame toward the people actually saying the rules was liberating funding, fighting in seas of potential ally and people who work alongside them was empowering. That's the solid that the solidarity divided divided. The mountain of challenge and we face in society are going to require strength and skill that none of us can achieve on our own. The crisis of climate change, inequality, pandemics, and mass involuntary movements of people are already here. And in the United States, each has exposed the poverty of our public capacity to prevent and react. Save for the ultra wealthy, we all living in the bottom of the drain pool now. The refusal to share across race has created a society with nothing left for itself. With falling support for government over the past 50 years has come falling support for taxes or a brain drain from the public sector and a failure to add to um, or even store the infrastructure investment of the early 20th centuries. Centuries. She said also, we have to refill the pool. Some restoration of public goods will be relatively straightforward, like rebuilding a 50 years old dam that are failing just in time for climate change to send heavier rain or laying new pipes to replace the one leaching toxin into our drinking water. We know how to do that, we just lost the will. Uh, I will acknowledge a bigger problem with the progressive vision for more robust governments. We sleep our capacity to deliver surfaces with efficiency and skill. The whole adage goes that poor people get poor services and as we ratchet um, down the income level for government, government benefits over the past 50 years and squeeze the public payrolls, the experience of dealing with government has become increasingly frustrating and negative. Just ask for a million of people who are apply for pandemic-related unemployment insurance from state agencies trips by use of Republican budget cuts and who were still waiting months later. The graduates who were unable to get the public service loan forgiveness, they organized their career run 
due to the technicality or the voter who navigate a maze of requirement to get ballot and vote. And refilling the pool will require us to believe in the government so much we hold it to the highest standard of excellence and commit our generation best and brightest to carrier designing public goods instead of photo sharing apps. When we do um when we do the potential boundless the crisis of youth and on and under unemployment offer the opportunity to create millions of public services jobs across the country to do the work that desperately needs doing every community in America could use the kind of renewable energy projects that has engaged the youth enrichment from weatherization buildings to installing solar arrays. The country needs um, new parks and community center, child care and camp to support working on parents, literacy program and home visit to, to the elderly. We need more internet service in rural and inner city area. All histories of gentrifying urban community and depopulating rural town. And yes, even um, where new public pools, public pools were part of the melting pot project that fostered cross-cultural cohesion among white ethnic immigrants and their children in the early 20th century. And it's absurd to think that something as a shadow as a skin color is an an insurmountable obstacle to doing it again. The big and small public works in our country needs now should be designed explicitly to foster contact across cultural divide, sending urban youth to rural area and visa visa versa, and explicitly building team that reflect the youth of generation astonishing diversity and analysis demo did in the means or middle of the great great recession found that 100 billion dollars spent directly hiring people could create 2.0 million public services job spending the same amount on tax cut trickled down to just 100 thousand jobs As our country become more diverse, there's a way to design our policy making to get the best out of all our community and create from the bottom of the social hierarchy an upward spiral of mutual benefits. There is a vanishingly small number of change tailored for those struggling the most that couldn't ultimately benefit us all. Policy advocates Angela Glover Blackwell called the curb cut effect after um, after a fix created by people using wheelchairs that now also help non-disabled people are carrying large load of pushing stroller. The post-World War II GI Bill is a good example of a well attention attention 
policy meant to benefit all veterans that in fact did almost nothing for black veterans for two generations because the policy ignore the disparate condition they face such as being excluded from most of the educa- educational and harm owning opportunity the GI Bill was supposed to support. There's a better way it's uh, called targeting universalism. Universalism, a concept developed um, by a law professor and critical race scholar John A. Powell. He doesn't capitalize, I capitalize his name, who currently directs the has ordering and belonging an institute of university of california berkeley with a targeted universalism you set a universal policy goal and then develop strategy to achieve the goal that take into account their situation of the group involved and let's take um home home ownership the center of financial security and wealth building for most family and for the american economy the building buying selling financing and consumption of homes contribute um about 15 percent of uh, the gdp has we seen people of color and black people in particularly have been disproportionately disproportionately and intentionally excluded from the lichpan of economic freedom. So any program designed to boost home ownership that does not specifically address the barriers facing African American cannot succeed in increasing the racial home ownership and wealth gap. A public policy that does not manage to increase black um, home ownership to the same level as white ownership would shrink the pernicious racial wealth gap by more than 30%. Today, however, our major our major federal commitment to home ownership come through the colorblind home mortgage interest deduction, which allow people to deduct from the tax bill interest pay to the lenders and all real estate properties they own. The problem is the massive subsidy of upside down bestowing the largest benefits on the richest people and effectively rewarding people with wealth for having it as opposed to help helping people without its finding and the toehold as the whites only housing program did in the 1930s. 40s and 50s, the ability of white family to count on inheritances from previous generation is the biggest contribution to today's massive racial wealth gap. We can do better. The map 
have already been drawn through through racist red linings so instead of ignoring them and the damage they wrought we can target down payment assistance to long time red lining residents and has Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren proposed in the 2020 presidential primary it's not difficult to imagine the knockdown benefits of increased home ownership among black people which range from the financial security and mobility that would be provided family to spill over effects of high property taxes and therefore education funding if the united states adopts policy interventions to the close to racial disparity in health education and castration jobs the economy would be eight trillion dollars to larger in 2050 the the year of which people of color are pro projected to be the majority generic colorblind plans and policy can never achieve this a risk conscious housing effort to close the black white gap in home ownership could be the centerpiece of a national effort to that for reparation reparation for economic harms of slavery systematic discrimination wealth suppression and thefts given the potential benefits to all of us from racial equity the imperative for racial reparations becomes more urgent in their 2020 book from here to equality reparation for black american in the 21st century professor williams Darity Jr. A. and Kristen Mullen make the case that it's the U.S. government that perpetrated the harms and therefore must pay. The book proposes um, a straightforward process for identifying um, descendants of African American slaves based on census record and genealogy and model possible payments based on various methods for determining the depth from the worth of the elusive 40 acres and a mule to prefer routes closing the current racial wealth gap wealth is where history shows us in your wallet where your financial freedom is determined by compounding interest on decisions made long before you were born that's that is why the black white wealth gap is growing despite gains in black education and earnings and why the typical black household own owns only 17,600 in assets still having little to no intergenerational wealth and facing massive systemic barriers the sense of a stolen people have given america the touch tone telephone the carbon filaments and the light bulb the gas mask the modern 
traffic lights, blood bags, the gas furnace, open heart surgery, and the mathematics to enable the moon landing. Just imagine the possibility if, in addition of to building the pathway for all aspirants to the American dreams, we gave millions more black Americans the life-changing freedom that a modest amount of wealth afford. In 2020, Citigroup report calculating that if racial gap for blacks had been closed 20 years ago, U.S. GDP could have benefited by an estimate $16 trillion. So every day seems to bring more example of the inverse what's happened when we do not address racial inequality. The 2020 COVID-19 um, crisis provides a tragically clear example of how failing to design policy with the, those most impacted in mind will create res, re, racist outcome ultimately endangering us all of them us all the pandemic saw a colorblind virus attack people with disproportionately ferocity and fatality based on the way that racist and exploitative structure had inequally exposed us to the harms and the beginnings of the pandemic there was a spirit of unprecedented unprecedented um, interconnected dignity in a country when we first understood that in a contagious epidemic we are all only as safe as our neighbor and the spirit of solidarity and self-sacrifice that blossom instantaneously um, from the vast majority of Americans soaring mask volunteering to deliver a grocery, spending their lives to stop the consumer drivers. American, um, consumer driving American way of life and work in order to keep, um, to keep the community safe. was inspiring but the that should not have allowed the people in charge of the pandemic response to neglect the fact that even though we were facing the same storm we were without all riding it out in the same boat in the first month of the pandemic black latino and indigenous people were multiple time more likely than white people to get sick and to die and the fact were numerous and interlacing more likely to have a keep leaving home for work but less likely to have health insurance if they get sick more likely to be deemed essential but less likely to be treated so as an employer left low wages workers and warehouse care facilities um mid packing plants retail store without adequate protection more likely to live in formerly redlining still and segregated area where pollution degraded their lungs quality and crowded housing detention center 
or jail without social distancing or on a reservation where clean water was hard to come by. Instead of modern COVID-19 transmission routes um, in a representative US city found that majority of the city of infectious cases from situation where racism was driving higher exposure. Any serious effort to fight the disease has to be treated in iniquity or as a driver of infection and death for everyone rather than has an unfortunate consequences for other people. The study um, co-author of the Center for Policy Iniquity wrote COVID-19 is telling us in the starkest possible term that the burden of most vulnerable and racism specifically pose a collective threat. The country was cut up without public health capacity largely because of the drain pool. Anti-government sentiment that has hobbled the public health infrastructure and decades of cuts to public hospital and low-income and color community that left half of the low-income area without a single ICU bed when the pandemic hit. In my hometown of Chicago, according to Pro Publica investigation, leader cost lives by ensuring ensuring one-size-fits-all guidance without being attuned to the facts on the ground for black people, from lower quality under-resources hospital to transportation inequity, um, to well-warranted suspicion of the medical system that combined with the generic messages to stay at home meant that for too many black people stay at home until they were already dying. It was people of color who could see the dreadful pandemic effects on every single one of its manifestation to clarity born of being maximally vulnerable. This is why it is it this is why it's essential that we li- listen closely to the experiences and insights of people most exposed to all our society's ills, viral and human-made. It's become um, fashionable to say trust black women or to for the leadership of women of color. And maybe it's um, because I am a woman of color and wasn't comfortably with her self-serving disadvice scene or because it seems so to suggest a biological basis for some tra- traits. traits. A, I rejected this, this shorthand, but the truth is in that, that there's some inmate, innate magic within us. It's that the social and economic and cultural conditions that have been imposed on people at the base of the social hierarchy have given us the clearest view of the whole system. We can see how it's broken and all those who are broken by it. That's why it's essential that women of color are at least as represented in government as we are in society, as opposed to today when over two thirds of the officials are white men, even though they're only a third of the population. For nearly decades public policy as so ha the fear of what white people would 
think held back the ambitions of some of the best policy thinkers in the business or politics have op operated to the shadow of white disapproval why my whole life will need leaders who see color who recognize the profound impacts social hierarchy have had on and continue to have on national well-being and who have created a new vision for how we can recognize our American diversity as I said that it is Sarah Gilman, by Sarah Gilman, it described almost the situation of the country like a well. When a well falls, how do you measure a life with a well? You might do it um, in distance. The gray well swim 10,000 to 14,000 miles each year drawing its story over shallow and fathomless trenches one of the longest mammal migration on earth or you might do it in influence migrating blue and hopback wells carry nutrients along their paths releasing nitri nitrogen into the water starved for it, helping seed plankton that um, underpaint the marine food webs. Or you might do it in years up to 20 to 100 for the boneheaded well. A lifespan where it encompasses our world waves, um, the rise and the fall of the empires and industries the ceaseless turnover of human generations and the change in appetite. Or you might do it in song, um, summing on the home and the squeaks and growls and the halls that wells call to each other. Strings of words and meanings we can only guess um, memorize our memories made from all that time and travel and cultures we, we may never know. It's also worth considering um, what such a life lives behind 
that would sweat with death. These things aren't lost, but transformed in a sort of a ecological alchemy, where muscle and fat, and experience and song become food, become new body, become homes and ways of beings. For the whole haunted by the Nupiat and others indigenous to the far north of Nushi's people and spreads inland through vast sharing networks for for whales. Wells that's wash ashore feed bears polar or polar grizzly black feed and wolves feed foxes feed seabird but wh- when a well falls as most well do when they die it's sinking body makes a strange coastline on the barren seafloor where not enough light penetrates to feed plants and most nutrients diffuse down and particle fine and snowflakes. First come the larger scavengers hagfish that um can, can tie in their bodies and not to um, steal mouth full of sleeper sharks that can surpass 20 feet long octopuses and tentacles tentacling the way into new fishers tasting with their suction cups then um then once these have made the well into its bones and into themselves calm snail crabs muscle muscle move many many creatures that um live nowhere else but on the well's death tendril like osdax worms for the skeleton surface breaking down its hard matrix devouring dense store of fat breathing within gills that look like red feathers Um, max of bacteria um, in well uh, that remain growing from the enriched sediments that surrounds um, some some turn to well into surface that some um, feel still more lives and fa- finally after years or decades the well may become the foundation to a reef where filter feeders don't um root and build um how do you measure life that tie all all this together across time across space across spaces species across the boundaries of ocean and earth from the bright places to the very darkest ones Perhaps all you can say is that such a life is, was, and remain a whole world, even after it ends. 
that helps you see that every life is is a by Sarah. Now let's talk about the prison system. That's also a big issue to in our society. That's get no um and inside is it iPad by Amanda Alexander or Indina Van Buren. The care work of abolition prison. How to kick our national addiction to prisons. Our society is addicted to punishment for the last 50 years. We have expanded police forces, passed law, criminalizing poverty, and incarcerated people for longer and longer period of the time. People returning from prison often find themselves shut out of housing, higher education, job, public benefits, and other opportunities for the rest of their lives. The uh, These investment in policing and prison hasn't made us safe according to a 2020 study published by the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Only 40% of violent victimization were reported to police that year as Daniel Seard writes in her 2019 book until we reckon violence mass incarceration and road to repair and more more than half of the people who survive serious violence prefer nothing to everything available to them through law enforcement we all deserve to live in a community where our basic needs are met where the condition that led to violence are minimized rather than respond by the armed police. As Ruth Wilson, Gilmore, and Angela Davis have taught us, abolition is a project of creation to end criminalization policing and prison, we need to build up a life, affirming practices, institution, and infrastructure that generates care and um, safety. We need to build care infrastructure on several levels, personal, interpersonal, and communal. We think of these as a concentric circle with the built environments and our homes public spaces, school, etc. as a container of the fall of all of them. What we build up at the core radiates outward and that in turn radiates back in the shaping new possibilities. Um, each circle share the same center, a new set of core values um, on building racist, patriarchal, ableist, and capitalist system rooted on and the punishment and control required starting with care, accountability, interdependence and connection, and unshakable commitment to the idea that no one else, no one is 
disposable. At the personal and interpersonal level, building care infrastructure means developing new cap capability and practices. It's learning how to have restorative conversation, give a better apology, rebuilding trust after it's broken, and move through conflict and constructive ways. It's involved healing from the trauma in a community with others. And one example is this is um how the youth organization Detroit Heal, Detroit Foster Youth Led Healing Hub for Detroit Teens, and creating space in school for young people to heal trauma through breaking bread, writing, conversation, therapy, and so on. And also mean working with a neighbor and coworker to plan alternative calling the police example include pod mapping created by the Bay Area Transformative Justice Collective. Pod mapping in involve and map it out our own networks of care and discussing them with one another. It can equip us to recognizing the care and connection in our lives and gaps that might exist. And we plan for activating these networks where we're vulnerable. At the heart of this effort in is an awareness that relationship, community, and care keep us safe. Keep us safe. As the at the community level, we need to build up local ecosystem of care through transformative and restorative justice networks. Um, work um worker own cooperative community fridges for food. And secure family on the armed responses team to support people with mental health needs, housing co-ops, food co-ops, and forming collective collective community land trust and abortion and doula support and mutual mutual um aid. There are many examples of such a community-led projects and cataloged um, online by one million experiments um, is inspiring to think about what's um, possible when effort like these are nicked together at the neighborhood or city level or Chicago South and West Side. The Just Chicago Coalition is creating solidarity economy landscape of community land trust, worker-owned cooperative businesses, participatory budgets, and public banks and they aim to replace racial capitalism and the physical environments is had he has produced shatter buildings and vacant lots with non-exploitative local economy and safe public spaces as a part of the shift required for abolition and we need to dismantle a re Reimagine the physical world around us with a diverse range of life affirming spaces. Architects and developers, such as Design Justice, Design Space in Oakland, are working with community organizers to create restorative justice center, youth, space, specialized housing, and education projects. 
Survivor Spaces Mental Health Care and Wellbeing Center in Diversion and Reentry Spaces. In Los Angeles Justice LA successfully blocked the country multi-billion dollar jail expansion and are working toward shifting caring for people rather than incarcerating them through backing projects such as a restorative care village that prioritize healing over punishment. As always, the, the best idea and example of where we need to go and how we get there come from people who have borne the brunt of the violence of our current system and the National Council of Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girl is working with women and girls across the country to advance an affirmative vision of the world we need. They are stopping the, the construction of prison as they campaign to end women's incarceration state by state and building up co-ops and collectors. Groups like Unjustice for Housing and Boston are imagining a plan, planning reentry housing that allow individuals to heal from the trauma experience um, while incarcerated. Um, the Housing Policy Center on Dismantling an archaic public housing system right riff with discrimination against court involved and formerly incarcerated people and their family. Justice for Housing is pushing local housing authority to mandate housing voucher for people returning to their community after incarceration. The first time a housing advocacy organization led by formerly incarcerated people has led such a campaign. We need to use interdependent multidisciplinary approaches to come up with the life or firm infrastructure we need and we must fight to align our resources like public budgets with this care infrastructure. In cities such as Minneapolis, Seattle and Durham, North Carolina, organizers have crafted people's budget that call for cut to police department and for investment in life affirming institutions that put health first, prioritize people over profit and fund prevention rather than punishment and help community thrives that follow their lead. Let's build. When the pandemic 
dawn on our shore in early 2020. I neither, I neither panic nor despair. There was uh, something early, eerily familiar about how quiet and still the world suddenly felt. How we were all living in a groundless and certain reality and I had um, countless experiences with personal losses in recent years so I knew how isolating grief could feel though this time we were all sitting in a darkened room the heaviness of loss wrapped around us like a clock and binding us together in more ways than one over time we developed the language to describe this shared experience, collective grief. This mourning is mourning is neither an individual expression nor an experience, but can be felt as an, 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 uh, an entity that um, impacts a group of people all at once. For black people, collective grief has a particular shape feeling and shade for black people in the United States grief and loss are intertwined with our very being our ancestors knew the trauma of loss intimately Many of us, myself included, are the sons of those enslaved. The institution of chattel slavery throughout the country, not just in the southern states, depend upon breaking, breaking up families in order to use our black bodies for labor. We lost so much then. Though we were generation removed from it now those losses remain within us and embedded in our consciousness and our psyche leaving dormant in our bodies in our bodies as a result black people have experienced a pandemic differently beginning with the fact that um, we were disproportionately these proportionately impacted by these deadly virus and we have grief deeply as a result of a release by David book self-care for grief and August 3rd 2021 I began writing in, in it in September 2020 when life still fell uncertain but I wanted to give uh, readers a soft place to land as they grieve. I wanted to remind people that they can grieve in their own way and that they, they aren't any rules for how that I should look but that was hard to do knowing the the state of the world the state of the world outside my front door the season were changing which uh, meant another spike in 
Okay, COVID-19 cases, hospitalization and death. The hope of vaccines seem like a pipe dreams at best. While official messenger encouraged everyone to continue being cautious, many black people knew this meant that once again, we had to save ourselves. Misinformation was high and there wasn't consistent on accurate reporting about how many people had contracted COVID-19, guidance on how to protect ourselves with masks, wipe down grocery, keeping uh, six foot distances, very depend on the day we had to buy together to get through something um, black people have always done. If you were going to survive, we needed to grieve process and make meanings um, of our losses. We inherently knew these things, even if many of us couldn't recognize them at the time. Grief requires tenderness, demand it even has black people being rough or careless with our grief is more of the same indoctrination from Western culture and society. Trying to survive in this capitalistic society teaches us that we should not value stillness or rest and racism always give us a reason to be aggressive. receive aggrieved and to fight for our humanity and to be acknowledged and validated honoring our losses and the grief that follow meant ball brain and stillness and it's then um becomes necessary to have the courage to look at our grief and recognize it for what it is not our reasons to be gotten over as quickly as possible but force that will forever change a grief calls us to bend um to evolve to integrate the loss that um we reeling from loss encompasses more than the death of a loved one we we may need um to grieve our former from a state of beings and all routines and neighborhood or city were removed away from a dream we have outgrown or had to let go of uh, a sense of safety or inner peace or at the end of a relationship with uh, someone who still alive the least is nearly as endless as the way that we can honor and of our, our grief. A black story. In modern time, and there are uh, new things to grief, rather than only hearing about the violence of white supremacy, police brutality on the news station, or seeing it splatter on the front page of the newspaper. Each morning we have the ability to witness it happening in real time 
via social media we um we i have more awareness and more investment in taking a stand against racial injustice but seeing those old wounds with even older origin so often so graphically comes at that cost the murder of judge floyd in minneapolis on the evenings of may 25th 2020 was a cataclysm for anger bubbling underneath the surface for most black Americans to emerge with power and force. We were so tired of soldiering or even when the losses constantly surround us having to be okay with the with the unwanted death of our brother and sister, cousin, aunt, uncle, mother and father. We were so tired that time no longer so um sophist we need uh, another word to encapsulate the full breath of all its means the whole or its means to live as a black person we wanted to feel safe and not to fail fell prey to the potential Lethality, lethality of driving while black, walking while black, eating while black, traveling while black. We we wanted blackness in this country to stop equating to death sentences. Living with this knowledge is not only heavy but torturous. It impacts our mental health, the ability to build and maintain interpersonal relationship, holding onto an appointment and performing well. As much as one might think it's possible to compartmentalize, compartmentalize her structural and systemic racism affects all black people that's not the case the robert t carter officer emeritus of psychology and education and teacher college of columbia university pandered research on the relationship between racial trauma and mental health in a 2007 study carter found that as a result of racial discrimination, black people can develop racial trauma profound enough to be considered a psychological trauma comparable to, to PTSD, according to criteria on the Diagnosis and Statical, Statistical Manual of Mental Disorder. Racism can end and does create damage to one's psyche and personality in the, the same way that being subjected to community violence, being held in captive or being psychologically tortured and can create emotional damage, Carter right. Though Carter was one of the first um, to codify the mental health impacts of racism five years earlier, psychiatrists um, and psychologist, psychoanalyst, um, huge, but um, used the term racial trauma to grant further research study and understand the topic. 
in a 2022 article but notes that um, response to racial discrimination by African Americans are often not viewed as a severe enough to indicate that these blacks may have post-traumatic stress disorder. And yet more than two decades later, it's reported that 71% of black Americans experience some form of racial discrimination in their lives. This number seems low, especially considering how racial trauma actively change us and the way we live PTSD from racial trauma can cause by hypervigilance, depression, anxiety, and chronic stress, which force our nervous system to roll into overdrive. New research from the University of Arizona takes this one step further in study publishing in April 2020, 22, researcher Damir T. Wilson and Mary Frances O'Connor explore grief and bereavement, um, bereavement implicit in the racial trauma black people live with. Um, live with Wilson and Connor. I said that I'm um, solely associated with grief with the loss of loved one makes definition too narrow to in scope. And per the study, think lack of representation plus the prevalent universalist research framework and psychology has led to a lack of understanding how the specific contextual factor of living as a black person in a western country like the United States may differently differentially impact the, the experience of grief. Like Carter, the two um the two um the two also research how grief and loss can catalyze um political and social action and that illustrates that um the racial trauma grief loss and bereavement and that follow our interconnected in a interdependent web so how we care for ourselves in a world that doesn't recognize our pain and suffering it doesn't want us to be well how to rebuild how to rebuild how to rebuild to rebuild black american black american um have created a roving a moving ritual to help to help to to help the to help um, us honor and process um those love losses we we are a communal people, the strength of the village, and that's just um, there. Etiogenes, um, 
Mative uh, and very white nuclear family model is what we learn open when 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 someone when someone when someone die black american gather at a funeral homes and at church and banquet hall we gather in love we cry we eat we honor that lives yet during the much of the pandemic this beautiful grief um ritual have been the disrupted instead we had to grieve alone in our home isolated from our community behind computer screen zoom um funeral because the the gnome like shaky cell phone and ipad capture our grief and unprecedented in a precedent ways um within the the grief space there are black folks um meeting in involving needs of their community breath breath worker and grief guide Naomi Edmondson lost her grand godmother whom she considered mother figure in 2019 When I lost her, in a way, I lost the center of my my universe, she says. Then having to handle that loss with COVID and the grief surrounding the pandemic, there were so many layers of grief that I was dealing with. As a result, um, Edmondson created a virtual space called Black Folks Grief as a safe container for both herself and other who look like her to discuss the loss and grief every monday evening she facilitated um the sharing circle for anyone who signed up and via the, her webs before i started the group i was looking for place where i could be in in and not only feel my grief was validated But I did have to do this and this intense labor to explain myself. She said, the last thing you, you want to have so is the work of trying to make someone understand where you are coming from. Fellow, fellow grief guide, Alishaf Foranets, came into the grief space after, after unexpected Pectedly losing her mother in October 2016, submerged in grief, forcing it to um, channel all she was feeling into Instagram missives about every aspect of grief. The poppy 
people will treat you and in your pain um the processing of pain and you vocalization of the pain i have found is the most interesting to talk to people about forcenesses the difference between me showing up to work every day in june or last year and everyone else is very different the way that we are supported and need care is very different too now she sees her work involving she's working on the, her first book and is building a non-profit called pause that will help black people formalize and in some cases prof professionals professionalize um, the grief work to support those who need it the most Edmondson and Fournette a part of the legion of black people many of them black women revolutionizing how grief can be tend to tended to there's Oceana Sower a former transition guide who used Patreon to offer conversation in grief circle about honoring death as a rite of passage she went to talking about grief on the individual level before summer 2020 to now talking about collective grief. She says she started looking as Rishma Menachem work on somatic abolitionists and applying it to grief. That led me to a deep exploration around the hard body, specifically bodies of African diaspora or metal metabolizing grief alongside all the all the losses that we occur in a daily basis these newfound curiosity curiosity on um, fuel and expansion of sir offerings in addition to virtual death case she led for um black and brown people she also owns joy mapping workshop on afro tourism afro Futurism, womanism, the ends of the world, and more. And in the realm of academia, Krami Fletcher, Associate Professor of American and African American History of Albright College, referred to herself as a deaf scholar. She found her way into deaf study during graduate school when her chair told her about an opportunity to act as a researcher for Mount Auburn Cemetery, Baltimore, oldest African-American burial ground. She spent years researching and writing about the Mount Auburn and says, it's helped me to learn a lot about cemeteries, the record that the space keep and what it means to people who are supposed to be invisible in history. I don't think I realized that folks were using death study. Death, dying, bereavement, and grief to mobilize and organize a really interesting way, she said. In 2018, she co founded the nonprofit collective for radical death study with the implicit aim to decolonize death study and radicalize death practice, death work. The collective website, um, State is Anti Racist Work, that provide resources and information on death study deaf practice in deaf ways such as a radical deaf study canon which spend the topics ranging from queer death and capitalism to colonialism and genocide our mission is to decolonize deaf study and for us that really means to the center whiteness Fletcher says there's also author and end of life caregiver 
Brescia Wade, who recently penned Grieving Wild Black, and enters a stick on oppression and so about living with a racial trauma, and Sundari Malcolm, who holds the BioC Dino Party, an organization created with the goal of bringing people around virtual tables to talk about grief. Of course, there are countless others. The wide range approach to facing our grief and sitting with it, according to Fournay, it truly is something to behold. It's also something that gives hope. The diversity of people doing this work different ways, they approach the work and the complexity are so different and deep. She says it feels so, so hooted and that's why I wanted to support the people in our community. Thank you. This is Adner Delon from Portland, Oregon. It was a complex, complex, complex podcast about um, rescue our country because all of our problem we faces right now. We're talking at, at the first the problem with um, gun control, massive shooting, mass shooting almost daily, daily, and nobody care about it. And also the politician people are offer same non-solution every day every day every day it's tiring also in this article talking about the prison system like abolishing the prison system is a trend in northern california and different part of the country people trying to get alternative solution for prison and also talking about the the wealth gap between the wealth gap between different classes in our society who cripple our middle class. We're talking about um, and the black grief, African American trauma. All that's part of uh, the mess we're in today. When the people trying to help, they bury by oh, the system was an overwhelmed, but we see light out at the end of the tunnel so thank you for listening probably next week again some podcast in french i already get one and listen to it thanks people all over the world will listen to our podcast and shout out to those countries like germany switzerland belgium togo haiti um norway switzerland cameroon all over the world people take time taking your time if any of you guys from those places want to talk about something in your place in your country the origin or your city feel free to contact me we can talk you can talk all talk it over and thank you for listening and thank you for taking the time and and also take your time to support they get a place you can donate so to support our our podcast thank you Today is um, May 8th, 2023. Bye-bye. I'm signing out. Bye-bye.